0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: You gotta love on the ESPN News I side. Windows cry. Chris Canty, dressed up as Prince for Halloween, is talking about someone's behavior. And he is literally, as Jeff Saturday said on our show... <laughs> Three princes, the size of three princes. It is Unsportsmanlike, Ooh. presented by Progressive Insurance, <laughs> here Ooh. on ESPN Radio, U, ESPN <laughs> app, Sirius XM 80. You can be part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. Not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Here's what we want from you guys. Biggest winner, biggest loser in the James Harden deal. So that could be team Or player, you guys think about this, we'll have everybody answer in just a second here. Biggest winner, biggest loser in this deal, which is not exact to who won the deal. It's just the biggest winner, biggest loser in this deal. What's the deal? Adrian Wodronowski reported it first overnight at WoG SPN. He joined us earlier in our show. You can go back on the ESPN app, listen to our podcast. The LA Clippers get James Harden and P.J. Tucker as the centerpieces of their portion of the deal. The Philadelphia 76ers get Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Kenyon Martin Jr. What do they all have in common? They all have contracts that expire after this season. The Sixers get a 2028 first-round pick, two second-round picks, Philly also receives a 29-pick swap, and they will end up with an additional first-round pick, still waiting on who that third team is that contributes that additional first-round pick. So it could be player, could be team, could be situational circumstance, whatever it is. Where does your mind go, guys, for biggest winner, biggest loser in this deal?
3: Biggest winner right now is Nick Nurse because he doesn't have to put up with the nonsense of James Harden, right? He gets to have an opportunity to establish his program in Philadelphia, and he's doing it with an MVP player in Joel Embiid, and a young ascending star in Tyrese Maxey. I'm not sure if anybody's seen the three-game start that Maxey's gotten out to, but he has absolutely been unbelievable. He looks like he's stepping up, and he's taking – Uh, I I guess not just take it, but embrace the role of being the second best player on that team. So I think the biggest winner for this right now is Nick nurse because he's got a good basketball team and they're only going to get better with the flexibility that they now have by taking on all those expiring contracts along with the two first round draft picks and the second round pick. So with the draft capital and the cap flexibility, they're going to be able to add another star at the trade deadline. And I think this moves Philadelphia one step closer to being a part of the conversation with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics as teams that could come out of the Eastern Conference this season.
2: Love that. Love that. Because Nick Nurse, we're talking about a championship coach, right? It's a weird comparison, but we do it. You had the Jacksonville Jaguars as number three in your power rankings, and one of the things we bring up, championship pedigree, Doug Peterson. Nick Nurse is championship pedigree. think about
3: this, though. When we start start talking about the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if you're looking at the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, can you say that you trust either one of those coaches more than you trust Nick Nurse? No. No. Exactly. That's my whole point. So, I mean, if you're Philadelphia, that's a good position to be in now. You're going to have to have some luck that falls your way, too, because you need the right star to be in a situation where he wants out of a team that's fallen out of contention. And we'll have to wait and see who that ends up being at the trade deadline. Now, Woads dropped the name OG Ananobi. Clearly, there's a connection with Nick Nurse because he was just the Toronto Raptors head coach. Both of them were a part of that 2019 championship team. So maybe that can make a lot of sense. But, Ev, if you pair OG Ananobi with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, what's the ceiling on this Sixers team? That's a team that that can make it to an NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how Philadelphia has to see it. So if we're evaluating the trade, Smalls, and we're going clear winners and losers, I think the biggest winner in this deal is the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers.
4: We might not want to admit it, but how is James Harden not the big winner here? That's where I was going to say. He got exactly what he wanted. He's the one that put all of this into motion by saying that he's never going to play for Daryl Morey again, that he's a liar. He's the one that kept making this more and more difficult for Philadelphia. And he not only got out of the 76ers organization like he wanted, he got to his preferred destination. And the Clippers, a place where he thinks he's going to get his money and a place where he wants to live. This is exactly what James Harden wanted. So I don't know how he's not the biggest Winner and all but,
3: but, but is it exactly what he wanted when he didn't get the multi-year long-term deal that he was angling for this summer? I guess that's the part of it. Like I, I, they traded him to his preferred destination, right? So he's going to L.A. He played high school ball in L.A. This is somewhat of a homecoming for him. But I guess the whole objective in forcing his way out of Philly was to get to a situation where he could get long-term financial security And based on the reports that we've gotten and what Wode said when he was on with us in the 6 o'clock hour, it could be a scenario where James Harden is forced to go year to year now with the rest of his NBA career. That's in part because of how he's forced his way not only out of Philly, but how he forced his way out of Brooklyn, how he forced his way out of Houston. He has proven to be untrustworthy when it comes to a long-term commitment. And so from that perspective, when you look at James Harden, that through that lens, along with the fact that this is a guy that hasn't delivered in the postseason where it matters most, I, I, I still don't know that he's ultimately going to end up the winner with this situation.
4: I guess I just look at the two star players in the NBA that wanted out this mm-hmm. offseason and Damian Lillard and now James Harden. Damian Lillard even though there was some issues with his representation, maybe making some calls on his behalf and making things different for Portland, he made no bones about the fact that he wanted to go to Miami. He yep. did He did not get his wish even though he handled this with a certain level of decorum. James Harden did not, yet he is arriving today in the destination where he wanted to go. So yeah. I think he's a winner.
2: I agree with you and, and I think we have to Separate the two. Like once James Harden didn't get the contract he wanted, then he asked out. So he sure. definitely was a loser. If we're going to do winners and losers in this moment, over the summer not getting what he wanted. Once he didn't get what he wanted, now he did get what he wanted. Right. To me, until until they get the, I have a wig in my <laughs> mouth currently. <It> <laughs> hair is in my mouth, and I'm, try, I'm, I'm just trying to get it out like of that. my <laughs> mouth as I'm speaking. Here. Come on, '80s guy. Yeah. So there's <laughs> something the, like that. The loser until proven otherwise and now they have tons of ammo to prove otherwise, is Joel Embiid. And the reason I say it that way, his team is not worse this year than it was a day ago. You can make the argument it's actually better this year than it was a day ago by having more role players and more pieces around him, guys that can contribute 15 to 20 minutes a night and picks. But until they actually get that second or third star with him, All this is doing is pushing the championship run down the line. Right now, I do not believe the Philadelphia 76ers have a shot of winning the title this year. What I do believe is that they have ammo to put themselves in a position to get pieces to ultimately win a title either this year or next year. But until that actually happens, I think he's the biggest loser in this. Let me
3: ask you a question. Do you think that they make a move now in season or do they wait until the summer, because Your- I, I don't think they have a choice when it comes to the Embiid of it all. On what what the timeline is to make a move for another star, I think that has to happen by the trade deadline this year. Or it could be a scenario where next summer, Joel Embiid is knocking on Daryl Morey's door and asking out.
2: You're playing with fire with two things currently in Philadelphia. You have said to Tyrese Maxey, we got you. We're going to take care of it. We just want to do it after the season so we have that open cap space. And you've said to to Embiid, we have all these expiring contracts. We have all these picks. We're going to get you. But if you don't get it soon enough... There's going to be an issue with Embiid where he's going to say, why do I have to continue wasting these seasons? Why does Giannis have a little bit of an annoyance with his franchise that they're not good enough? They change coaches and they change second-best players or third-best players, however you want to look at it, right? Why do I have to wait? Why does Giannis, who has a title, get to say to John Horst, their general manager, and their ownership, governorship group, I'd like more? Can we do that quickly? And it happens. And I have to sit here, and the biggest you know, asset that I now have next to me is a player in Tyrese Maxey who may or may not be a great player. I think he's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be. And expiring contracts. Why do I have to wait till next year? So that's the fire that they're playing with, in my mind.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it was always going to be a dicey situation once Harden and it out, right? Because that was supposed to be the piece. And let's not forget how this all got started. It was the Ben Simmons show in Philadelphia when the guy decided he wasn't going to show up, and he cited mental health reasons as a part of his discontent with the franchise. So I guess Daryl Morey has been trying to make the best of bad situations with disgruntled stars in the backcourt that have forced their way out. All I'm simply citing is that for a person that was up against it in a franchise that's un- that has urgency in order to surround their star player with the requisite talent that it takes to compete for a championship, he did a pretty damn good job with the trade that he was able to pull off. I don't think anybody's looking at this deal from the Sixers standpoint and saying they were the loser in this situation just because they had no other choice. And what do we hear from Woj? Like Teams don't typically make moves like this at this point in the season. Right. They don't. There really wasn't a whole lot of urgency for the Clippers to get this done, and yet Daryl Morey, recognizing that it was an untenable situation with Harden, figured out a way to do that, position this team to have maximum flexibility so that when they do get to the trade deadline – If and when there is that next disgruntled star, they're in position to be able to pounce and knowing that Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are playing at a level that make the Sixers an attractive landing spot for whoever that is.
2: You're right. I just don't have as much faith in Philly as you do. That's the difference. Well, you don't have
3: as much faith in Daryl Moore. Correct. Correct. Yeah. 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 Brian
2: in New Hampshire, listening on 94.1, joins us on the James Harden trade. What's up, Brian? Hey, how are you guys? What's up, Brian? You there? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I'd like to say one thing real quick, guys. I love this show and I want to say one quick thing to Evan before I get my answer. Go Jets. Um, <laughs> right, so, wonderful. I think the loser of this trade to be honest with you is Russell Westbrook because the other night I was looking at the game. I don't know if they played, but I
3: looked at the straw selection and between him, Kawhi, and Paul George they had about you know, an efficient night with about the same amount of shots, so you add James Harden to him,
2: you know, but where's the shot selection gonna go? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it that's an interesting take because James Harden is the guy I'm sorry, that yeah, is going to basically replace Russell Westbrook in the starting lineup. We assume that they are gonna have some level of, of the following as the one through four Harden. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and P.J. Tucker, Yeah, which means Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, Russell Westbrook. These are guys that will come off the bench. That's what I would do. I would start P.J. Tucker. He makes a lot of sense with guys that want to score, Yeah, and he doesn't care about that. So, yeah, Harden comes Not
3: only and- does he not care about that, he can't do that anymore. Yes, correct. Remember, in the postseason, this was a guy that was afraid to shoot the basketball. So, I mean, that was that was also a part of the brilliance of the move by Daryl Morey. Getting out of that P.J. Tucker contract, that's $11.5 million that, that would have been on your salary cap next year because of a player option that he now doesn't have to contend with. But if you're looking at it from the Clippers' standpoint – What's wrong with Russell Westbrook running the second unit? Nothing. With Norm Powell and Terrence Mann? What's wrong with that? Literally nothing. I I think that's a good position to be in, and you know Ty Lue will find a way to make it work because he's one of the best coaches in all of basketball. It's just a matter of will the other stars involved go to work and actually play basketball? That's the only thing that we don't know. Are we going to get more from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? I don't know. Do you? No. Are we going to get something from James Harden when it matters? I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows, including the people in the Clippers organization. That's why I think this is a dicey proposition, but desperation makes for strange bedfellows. That's where the L.A. Clippers find themselves right now. I don't think they had very many choices when it came to how they can improve this team. They went with the obvious one. But when you look at James Harden, you better make sure you know what you're signing up for.
2: And you mentioned a name, and I'm going to look right in the camera as 80s dude with a wig, a headband, and sunglasses that needs to be mentioned more. Ty Lou one of the best coaches in the NBA if anyone's going to get the most out of James Harden it's Ty Lou and I'm glad you brought him up because he's an important piece in this coming up the Lions last night had another big win or did they we'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio
0: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C eBikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike
1: podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. The Lions last night with a big Monday Night Football win over the Raiders 26-14. They're now 6-2 and two on the year. The best fan of the month brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. The best fan of the month has to be the Lions fan. Just the Lions fan yeah. in general. Everything that they have been through to uh. now be able to celebrate the way that they have this season, 6-2. and two, I look at this and I give the Lions fan all kinds of credit here.
3: You know who we haven't given a shout out to after last night's win? Jameer Gibbs. No, Javante Lawrence. I mean, <laughs> part of a, a team member who's a huge Lions fan, and but he's, some, right, in, he's yeah. and he's somebody that's been skeptical of the Lions the entire season. That's like right. Lions fans don't know if it's safe to actually believe in their team. So we need to do a check-in on Javante on Halloween. Is your team treating you, or is it you still think it's a trick?
0: I'm uh, still on Trick. I'm
4: not there yet. they're off to their best eight-game starts since 2014, and they have an 84% chance of winning the NFC North. I think it's a treat, my friend.
5: It is, but they could have easily lost last night. Just <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo just played that bad that they ended up losing. All right, and I Javante, Givante, Givante. man
4: of the month
2: is
3: not a Javante, G- how how are you guys going to lose the division? It's oh. quite literally not possible. Like, no, y- y- y'all are gonna, the Vikings are gonna win it. The, nope. the Packers are gonna win it? The no. Bears? The Bears? <laughs> no. Like you're gonna win the division by default. One, one, Lions one fans are actually one, gonna have a chance to watch a home playoff game.
4: Did you hear one, him? He says one, one step at a time.
0: time. One step at a time. Step.
3: Wow. Javante, wow.
4: when will you feel safe? Like when can we mark you safe where you're at a position in the season where you've racked up enough wins or the team is looking uh you know, a certain level of dangerous where you feel safe in your fandom?
5: Oh when they close the division.
4: Okay. They
5: that, clinched in the division. It's all power percentage of winning. Listen, they they
2: actually did not play that well offensively for them last night. Outside of Jameer Gibbs, I mean, yeah. Jared Goff had a good first half, but then had a bad pick six in the second half with uh, with Marcus Peters. Or was that at the end of the first half? Now I don't even remember. But anyway, there were moments that they had turnovers. They actually did not play their best game and still won by twelve points. They didn't play Monday their best football. game offensively. Offensively, yeah, yeah. De- defensively, they game. held they
3: held the Raiders to one hundred and fifty seven yards. And they were able to be really, really good in sudden change. Like, outside of the pick six, there were no points off of turnovers. That's really, really good situational defense. And then the fact that this team was able to hold the Raiders' offense to 1-9 of on third downs – that, that's outstanding. 3.5 yards per play for the Raiders offense last night. Now, I get it. It's a lot of dysfunction between Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels, and Devontae Adams, but you got to give credit where credit is due. That Detroit Lions defense is legit. You got Aiden Hutchinson in the middle of it. Alem McNeil, he's a defensive tackle that's not a household name, but damn it, he should be because he's that good. Brian Branch, the rookie safety, really, really good football player. They got a lot of young guys on that defense that are flying around and playing with a lot of confidence. And if you can play defense the way they can last night, if you can run the football the way they did last night, then, then that's a formula for success, not just in the regular season, but once we get to the postseason.
2: All right, let's get back to the phones here at eight 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 say ESPN on the James Harden deal. A lot of people want to weigh in on that. A lot of trades to talk about, including the NFL trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. Dwayne in South Carolina joins us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Good
0: morning. Mr. Canty, I got a question for you. When did you become pro-owner? Because if I'm mistaken,
4: Mary like right. there's two situations there. James Harden was promised to play with certain players, and like Kyrie Irving situation and Ben Simmons situation, he didn't get what he was promised. So, I mean, I was leave too. You can't get mad at that. So, I wonder when did you become pro-owner? and
0: start.
3: Then look at stuff from the side of the players. I'll hang up and listen to you. I'm not pro-owner. I mean, at what situation did the organizations do wrong by James Harden? He got paid top dollar in Houston, and he decided he no longer wanted to be there. He forced his way to Brooklyn. Didn't like the situation with Kyrie and KD. Those are the two guys that he chose to play with. He wanted to go play with those guys, and then those guys weren't available for different reasons. So that was a James Harden choice. That wasn't a Brooklyn Nets choice. So how can you be critical of them? They upheld their end of the bargain. They traded for him and allowed him to come play with his buddies. So he thought... Then he didn't like that situation. Okay, we'll send you to Philadelphia. You get to go play for Daryl Morey now. This is something that you wanted to happen at the end of your tenure in Houston. Didn't work out for you, but you get rerouted to Philly through Brooklyn. Okay, you're in a situation where you're with an MVP in Joel Embiid. You're with Tyrese Maxey. You got a chance to be a top three team in the Eastern Conference. Okay, you don't get the contract that you're looking for long term this summer. You still have a chance to be a competitor in the East, and you decide you don't want to be there? With James Harden, it's not about competing for championships. And that's the thing that we have to realize. He keeps telling us otherwise at every single stop that he's been at. So how is this a a pro-owner take by saying that James Harden is the common denominator of the mess that we've seen in his career over the last three or four years?
2: It's why we don't actually hold James Harden to the standard Of winning titles. That's why this move, he doesn't have any pressure on him to win a title. At all, in any way, shape, or form, because we have never really heard him say, or in in his actions to support, his goal would be simply to win a championship. That that has not been his singular goal. Like Dame Lillard has expressed that his singular goal is to win a championship. There's pressure on Dame Lillard and Giannis to make this work. Sure, right? and they, and pressure is a privilege. They want that pressure.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: I don't look at James Harden the same way I would look at Dame Lillard in that in that regard. So so uh,
3: so, so hold on. Uh, let, yeah. Let's put a pin in what you just said right there. Mm-hmm. Think about what the Clippers are acquiring. We're getting a player that's not prioritizing winning a championship.
4: It doesn't seem like he is.
3: No, but that—but that's my point. You're bringing this guy into your organization in a win-now move because you recognize you, you, you don't have as long a runway. You don't have the same kind of window that you thought you would when you acquired Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You're bringing James Harden in for a win-now move, and he's a player that's shown us over the last several seasons, over the last several starts – I mean, stops. That's not a priority for him. Th- there has got to be a little apprehension about making that kind of decision. Now, I get it. Their odds to get to to win the Western Conference went from nine to one to plus six fifty. They actually have the fourth shortest odds of any team in the West to get to the NBA Finals. That sounds good on paper. But the Clippers have been a team that's looked good on paper for the last three or four seasons, and that hasn't materialized into anything of consequence. So why should we trust that this James Harden move is actually going to work out when the player has showed you that he's a culture killer and that he's not prioritizing winning above all else?
2: Because he doesn't have to do what you're asking him to do in this situation. This is why if everything goes right for the Clippers – under the pretense that we are going to take people for who they are, when everybody's healthy, James Harden's going to play a lot of games in the regular season and score a lot of points and distribute the basketball a lot in the regular season and get you to a wins threshold. Kawhi Leonard will not do that in the regular season, but if he's healthy, he will do that in the per- postseason. If every there's a massive he, if he's
3: going to do that in the postseason, if are, we, he's are, healthy, are we sure?
2: Yes, if he's healthy, but
3: but, but we haven't seen him healthy in the postseason. What I'm that's what i They I'm got t- to the postseason last year and he wasn't healthy. I get it.
2: What I'm saying is they are banking on health. Now, that may be a, the wrong bank to go to, but they are banking on health, that if they are healthy, they combine the regular season performer with the postseason performer, and that's how they believe, I think, that they could get to playing in June. Coming up, we'll go tricking, tricking? We'll go we'll trick or treat, QBing edition.
3: We'll, we'll go tricking? <laughs> no, wow. we won't go tricking. That's one of us. Uh, oh, oh, wow, okay. You want to hang out with James Harden, huh? Ooh
2: sportsman like espn ready.
3: <laughs> hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is
2: ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can watch us on ESPNU where you'll see
4: us in costumes. Small as you are. I am Cruella DeVille, darling. When when are the puppies coming
3: out?
2: I'm sorry?
4: We need puppies oh, for okay. Cruella for mm-hmm. my coats.
2: Okay, just making sure.
3: Outstanding. CC. Oh, the artist formerly known as Canty. That's, that's what I'm going with. And I'm 80s guy. 80s guy.
2: Everybody's saying to me, like, who specifically? Who was your
3: inspiration for 80s guy?
2: Yeah. A costume that wasn't
3: going to be too much money? Okay, because That's you picked your really costume.
2: Working. You picked your costume like a month ago. You and your wife had a, a get-up for a party and everything like that. Well, so- well
3: no, it's not a get-up for a party. My wife demanded that we have a Halloween costume because she leans into it. She loves spooky season. Yes. So I have to play along. It's my wife. So. We decided what we were going to be, and since we couldn't do the couple's costume, because all of the different ideas that she had, they didn't have costumes that would fit me, I actually went with the costume that they had in my size, which was the Prince costume. It's great. Uh, Qu- shout out to Abracadabra in New York City. They looked Shut out, out for you boy. Question. Yeah, exactly.
2: Since you are dressed up as Prince, yes, there's an all-time great sports story as it relates to Prince. Should we put Nuno on the spot right now and get, try to get Carlos Buzer on to tell the story about his house with Ooh. Prince? Oh, that's a
3: great story. I don't want to even such, say it. That's such a say. great story.
2: It's an all-time story.
3: I don't know if we have time to do that. We've got so much to get I to know, in the show. I don't know if have. we have time to Throw do it that. Throw it out there, If You can get Carlos
2: Boozer and tell him we have I say, four to five try. minutes. We're going to ask him what's the Prince story, and then hang up, and then he's, if we move on. No, we'd.
3: Have, I mean, if we had him on, we have to no, ask him I, about I, the I James know. Harden situation too, right? Just,
2: just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, James Harden is a member of the Clippers. That happened last night. We're still waiting for final details on the third team involved in that. We also have the trade deadline today. CC, is there a player or team player specifically that you could see getting traded today, or that you? want to get traded today uh, to make some sense for that player and that team.
3: Yeah, Chase Young, it feels like the Washington Commanders have fallen out of it now. They they had the last gasp against the Eagles on Sunday. Didn't go their way. It's obvious they're not going to hold on to both him and Montez Sweat. Both of them are on expiring contracts. This feels like an organization that's ready to do a reset and they could bring back some valuable draft capital in exchange for one of those two guys. Pass rush help is at a premium this time of year. So a team like the Detroit Lions, a team like the Baltimore Ravens, I could absolutely see making a move for a player like Chase Young. He's got five sacks on the season, and he's really starting to round back into that form that we saw from his rookie year. So Chase Young will be a name to keep an eye on.
2: Good one. All right, Smalls, you have a trick-or-treat QB edition. I do. Smalls is going to give us a QB. That QB is a trick or a treat? What do you got?
4: Do we have some music or something here to set the mood? Ah, here we go. A little thriller. I love it. All right, boys. Zach Wilson, has his play this year been a trick or a treat?
3: I'm going to say it's been a treat. If you would have told the Jets fans after their opening night win against the Buffalo Bills that they would be 4-3 and three going into Week 9 and have a chance at being a wild card in the AFC, I think most of them would have taken that. I mean, think about what this Jets team has been able to do. An impressive win over the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. They scratch and clawed their way to a win against the rival New York Giants in Week 8. I just think this is a team that that is starting to find an identity and and a path to victory each and every week that hinges on their defense playing really good ball and their offense being opportunistic in spots. So, yeah. I-, I like where the New York Jets are at, and the big reason why is that Zach Wilson hasn't been an impediment.
2: Absolutely a treat. Totally agree with this. This looks like a guy that probably should be in year two versus year three. What do I mean? Probably should have sat all year in his first year. Wasn't ready to play. Last year should have been his rookie season. This year's the developing season. Like, I'm impressed. Absolutely a
3: treat.
4: I think it's a treat as well. All right, coming off a big win over the Kansas City Chiefs, Russell Wilson. Trick or treat this year?
3: Uh, I'm going to say trick. This is not the Russell Wilson that the Denver Broncos brass signed up for when they gave him a quarter of a billion-dollar contract. They actually traded a first-round pick and gave Sean Payton $18 million a year to in part fix Russell Wilson, and it hasn't looked like it's come around, so much so that everybody is speculating that the Broncos will be sellers by today's deadline at 4 o'clock. So, Russell Wilson, it's been a trick. This is an organization that doesn't believe that they can play playoff-level football, And it has to be viewed as an indictment on the quarterback if that's where the front office and coaching staff think the team is.
2: 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Four to one touchdown to interception ratio. This is a treat. He's had a good season. Leave him alone.
3: Let's ride.
4: There was no, he doesn't believe There that. was no he world in that. which you were going to say oh, right, that he. Oh, it was yeah. a trick.
3: Yeah, I mean, he you said gonna Russell Wilson was going to win MVP. This year. No, Stop I said top said. three. Okay. Trevor Lawrence I had MVP. Okay. All right, here we go.
4: Let's keep it moving, guys. Derek Carr, we assumed that he would be the best quarterback in that division when he went to New Orleans, but what has he been so far this season? A trick or a trick? Yeah, he's
3: been a trick. Yeah, it's not, this, is, this team ain't going to win the division. This team ain't going to make the playoffs. I get it. They're 500 right now, and it looks like they have a chance in a wide-open NFC, and you would think that just looking at the numbers and looking at his individual production. But then I watched the game, Smalls, and then I realized, nope, that ain't it. This guy ain't it. If anything could drive it home, it's what we saw a couple of weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars and what we saw uh, even before that against the Houston Texans. He has not been able to operate that offense at a high enough level to allow that defense, which is one of the best defenses in all of football, to have an opportunity in each and every game. I get it. It looks like they're close, but they're really not. And that's why Derek Carr is the ultimate trick.
2: He's a trick, and he's always been this. He's fine. That is as as much as you can say. He's fine to maybe good. He's not a great quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a mistake-free quarterback. You got what you signed up for. He's fine.
4: Last one, and this one is tricky, no pun intended, but he might get the start this week. Kyler Murray may be returning to Arizona. Trick or
3: treat? Trick. I don't think you should play him. (laughs) Why why would you play him? I would not risk Kyler Murray getting hurt. He's coming back from a knee reconstruction. He's got a lot of guaranteed money left on that contract. I guess the only reason or incentive you would have is though that teams that could potentially be in on trading for Kyler this offseason see him healthy, But I don't know if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I I put Kyler Murray on the shelf, and he's not playing again for me uh, in in a Cardinals uniform. I I look at him as an asset, too valuable to diminish, and that's why he's going to be holding the clipboard next to the head coach on the sideline.
2: Well, I I studied this question a lot. They actually put a clause in my contract to study the questions about Kyler Murray. I agree with you a thousand percent. He's a trick. What are the What are the Cardinals doing? Why is Josh Dobbs benched? What am I missing on this? Are they trading him today?
3: That would be the only thing that makes sense, right? He's to been good. To to they, losing. They've they, been competitive. Like if he's he understood the assignment yeah. and he's executed yeah, it at he a is. high level. But yeah. he's also like, not the future. Yeah, outside of a couple so. of games, they've been competitive every single week. So I don't understand why you would not want to move on from him. But here's the thing: the fact that the Kyler's float uh, the the Kyler's the, the, the Arizona Cardinals floated out the idea of Kyler Murray and or Clayton Toon starting. In week nine lets you know that they want people around the NFL to understand that Kyler Murray is healthy enough to play. I still don't believe that they're going to actually put Kyler Murray on the field. They just want people around the NFL to know he's healthy enough to be out there.
2: So then Clayton Toon is
3: their quarterback. Yeah, let Clayton yeah. Toon be the guy. Trade Josh Dobbs, trade Kyler Murray later on.
2: 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. People chiming in on the James Harden to the Clippers deal. Let's take talk to Cardo in North Carolina, listening on 99.9. 9. What's up, Cardo?
3: What's going on with y'all today, man? What's up, Cardo? Shout out to Small Smalls. The Snickers better than the Twix, man. Oh, Snickers Cardo, great, what are you doing there No, There you go, Cardo. There Absolutely you go, Cardo. I'm with, Cardo. You, <laughs> I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Hey, uh, first I would like to think... Um, I think the Clippers, man, are, are, are the big losers in this trade. I mean, if you look at a couple of years back, I want to say they traded uh, for Paul George, and I think I want to say they traded Shea. And yeah. Look at Shea when he's doing say. OKC. Um, not only that, I mean, this is basically Brooklyn 2.0. I mean, Kawhi don't play, Paul don't play, and then you're going to have James
4: Harden in the same situation he was basically in at Brooklyn with the Kyrie and Durant thing. So
2: I just don't see how the Clippers. Yeah, we're losing you with the win there in the background. But but the point is understood. He knows what he's signing up for. The difference in the Brooklyn situation is he did not know that Kyrie was not going to play that much. He knows what he's signing up for here. If he's he being hardened, if he's upset that Kawhi and Paul George don't play that much and you didn't realize that going in, that's on you.
3: But that's the part that makes it hard to understand, right? It's not as if he's going to a better basketball situation than he had in Philadelphia. So what? Forcing your way out of Philly is your way of proving a point to Daryl Morey, by throwing a tantrum and making him move you to a team. Yes, where you have more basketball uncertainty than your current place. Yes, but that, you have
4: potentially more financial security. Because his, right? his do you potentially? Yes. Do you I, I, potentially?
3: Yes. I mean. You, you but do. That's where his mind yes.
4: is, right? It's yes. it's not as if he's going there because he is so hungry to win a championship. Because if that was the case, to your point, he would have stayed in Philly.
2: And his disdain. For the person that he is reported to, in essence, for all these years, Daryl Morey is greater than his love for trying to win basketball. That he feels like he is a liar if he plays for Daryl Morey. That's what that has been shown.
3: I mean, well, essentially, what he would be doing is cutting his nose off to spite his face. Yeah, wouldn't be the first. That's what it feels like with James Harden. as far as the financial security part of it goes, like the the Clippers are in a situation now where they're waiting and seeing what James Harden has left in the tank, there is no guarantee that they're going to extend him after the season. There isn't. So, I mean, a lot of it is show and prove. So, again, I don't know that it puts him on better financial footing. I guess there would be more incentive for the Clippers to do it because they have fewer options in terms of improving their team beyond this year. But, again, I don't know that it becomes a situation where they would be desperate enough to give James Harden the kind of bag that he was looking for this past summer.
2: I think you're a 1,000% right about what you said. They have no other ways of improving than creating the salary slot that would be $30 million, whatever it is, with James Harden, where they would be incentivized to actually extend him, versus Philly, that we've been saying all along, they want an empty roster around Embiid. right? So he may not be valuable enough to say, yeah, we'll give you $30 million instead of the potential of going for so-and-so, where the Clippers don't have a choice in that matter. Coming up. I'm for it. Positive programming with Smalls, next on like ESPN Radio.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die
5: alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash unsportsmanlike.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
5: Yes, you should watch us on
2: ESPNU. You see all of our costumes here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. On a wild day in sports, James Harden goes to the L.A. Clippers. The Detroit Lions win Monday Night Football. The NFL trade deadline is today at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Texas Rangers are up 2-1 in the World Series over the Arizona Diamondbacks. You heard it on ESPN Radio, and you hear all the games on ESPN Radio. Time now for a little I'm For It with Michelle Smallman.
4: First, guys, let's give a shout-out to the Arizona State baseball team. We are all three in costume today. We lean into Halloween. No doubt. If you're going to show up on Halloween in costume, you better commit. And I want you to watch this on the TV side, and I'm going to explain it. Arizona State, their baseball team during batting practice, fully (laughs) costumed up. For those who can't see it, we have Sully from Monsters, Inc. getting the A-B as the Sun Devils tweeted. He has some plus bat-to-ball hit tools here. His speed grade was solid as well. You really see Sully hustling down that first baseline. So shout out to them for committing to Halloween.
3: Did he get hit by the pitch or did he hit the pitch? I can't actually tell. No, I think he actually got a hit. He actually got a hit. And he legged it out, too. He really did. Infield single. Look at that.
4: Five to a player. Look at that. That's what you want.
3: Exactly. Good eye. Disciplined A.B. I love it. I love everything about it.
4: I don't know how you could keep a straight face doing this at practice, but shout out to Arizona State for having a How do you know he
2: kept the straight face There's <laughs> the costume
3: on? You well, can't I actually mean, see it, it. I mean, I'm looking at the face of the costume, and it looks like a straight face. Now, I'm curious <laughs> because it looks like Spider-Man is at first base, at second base, and the catcher. In the batting practice. So, I mean, how, how does that work, Smalls? It's almost as if they're doing the meme. That's right. I think they've they got, might be doing the, the meme. they got the Spider-Man meme going on. Pointing at one another. I'm I mean, how do, how do you leg out an infield single with so many different Spider-Men in the infield?
2: I'm going to guess Spider-Man at first base had a few web gems. Oh. ba dum there we go.
4: Let's leave that one there. Yeah, Can't exactly. get better than that. Or let's no. let's keep it moving. Last night we saw the Lions defeat the Raiders twenty six to fourteen on Monday Night Football. Jack Harlow was a special get get special guest. Excuse me. On is set. he a
3: special guest because he's at every sporting event? <laughs> like is Jack Harlow being at sporting events now a special thing? <laughs> is he
4: the new Drake? Yeah, he where is. He's is at he
3: every kinda, sporting event. Except he's not the bad luck charm that Drake is with all of the teams that show up. Right? Well, they were both. Toronto they were both one. at Churchill yeah. Downs. Well, Drake is from Toronto, but any team that's not. In Toronto, any team that's not in the six, it doesn't necessarily work out for them.
4: That's true. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was on set last night. i Don't know if it was a special guest, but he it was special to have him at yet another sporting event and here on our ESPN <laughs> airwaves. And I always love when we see celebrities get really hyped to meet someone. And yeah. Jack Carlow was very thrilled last night to meet our very own Ryan Clark. Here's what it looked and sounded like. Jack, I'm a big fan of yours. RC, a big fan of yours, but you are a huge fan. Of the one, Ryan Clark. He I mean, aren't we all? He knows aren't this. All? Right? Yeah. He when did this. This, <laughs> this fandom begin well, for my, you? My
0: dad is a Steelers fan,
2: and so he raised me to watch the Steelers. Game. Like I, I love the Steelers, and so my prime era is when he was right in there, headed to the Super Bowl,
0: playing side by side with Paul Malu. Like this guy is like a legend to me, truly legend to everybody, but to me, it's like it's kind of surreal. So, oh man, really, really hyped be here with you. It was, was, really it was cool, way. like you know when I, when I met you him. You can the first just time, tell how
4: genuinely dreamer. excited normally, Jack Harlow uh, is to meet Ryan Clark, a legend in our eyes and in Jack Harlow's. It's
3: pretty cool to see stars in their sports fandom actually come out and manifest itself in that way. Because Jack Harlow is a star among stars, and for him to go full fanboy over Ryan Clark on Monday Night Football, yeah. Monday Night Countdown, it's a pretty awesome moment. So shout out to Jack Harlow. And shout-out to Ryan Clark. That's a pretty cool moment.
2: I love how he says, in my prime. He's 25. <laughs>
4: <Jack Harlow.
3: laughs> no, he says, in their
4: prime. Oh,
2: the in Steeler. their prime. I was going because he's still in his prime. But, yeah, that's I didn't know he was a Steelers fan. You knew he was a big Kentucky guy, Louisville. I had no idea Well, it's hard to fan. know
3: he's a Steelers fan because he's at every major sporting event. So you don't know exactly where his sports fandom lies.
4: Would you do the same thing, though? If I was Jack Harlow, I'd be on the private jet. I'd be going to every major bucket list sports thing I could.
3: No, I mean, listen, he's taking full advantage of it. Nobody's begrudging of that. I'm just saying he's not necessarily a special guest because he's at every sporting <laughs> event. It's no longer special. Mm. Moss. Okay,
4: last thing, guys. So you might have heard this about Wally, the emotional support alligator. Have you guys heard this story coming out of Philly?
3: Hell no. So
4: Wally, the emotional support alligator, you see it on the television side, was banned from entering Citizens Bank Park before a Phillies game in September. It made a lot of news because Wally's owner says, I need Wally as my emotional support animal to come into the game. Well, The Philadelphia Flyers were a little bit more welcoming to Wally last night. And we saw Gritty holding up Wally last night during the Lion King cam at Wells Fargo Center. So Jack Harlow might not be a special guest, but but Wally, the emotional support alligator, definitely a special guest Monday night for Flyers fans. We're taking
3: this thing too damn far. <laughs> we, 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 we're taking this too far. Like, look, 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 emotional support animals, I get it. They have their place. Emotional support dog, emotional support cat. On, on what world, on what planet is an emotional support alligator socially acceptable? We're we taking it too far, man. <laughs> We're we're taking it too far. I get it. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. But damn it, if nobody else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. We should not have emotional support alligators. It's a damn alligator. He
4: seems lovely. Yeah, all right. I'm sure he did.
3: So, so, the, so, Trump Peterson probably thought the same damn thing from Happy Gilmore to the alligator bit his damn hand off. All I'm simply saying is it's an alligator. It is a wild animal. I don't care that it might have been raised in captivity. It's still a damn alligator. An alligator can give you some real problems if it get agitated. There's no world in which an emotional support animal should be an alligator.
0: Gator boots.
3: Uh, Exactly. It's not a problem when they gator boots. And the Gucci suits. It's a problem when the alligator is biting at your damn boots. That's the (laughs) issue.
2: So
4: uh, I'm wearing these weird
2: <laughs> Please, sunglasses. Please, I'm sitting in,
3: sitting at the Flyers game with next to a damn alligator. Can you
4: imagine you sell no in your seat, in, you have no a way beer, in hell. you have your popcorn, all of a sudden your seatmate pulls out their emotional support alligator Wally. I, I'm wearing
2: these weird glasses. I can't see 100%. That was a real alligator in a mascot's hands? Yes, yes
4: in Gritty's hands.
2: Did they, like, ch- like cover up the no. mouth? No. And you, know, and you no. know what the wild why thing is? They, a- a- why would they do that? A- a- you, you know the wild like thing?
3: It, the, the wild thing is the alligator. But the <laughs> right. crazy thing about it is if the alligator attacks somebody, I'm not mad at the alligator. It's the alligator being a damn alligator. Right. What I would be mad at is the people. I would be mad at the gritty. gritty. I'm telling you, I, I, it's wild to me that this is okay for an alligator to be inside the building at a sporting event. Right, the whole Why?
2: point is you're not allowed to bring harmful things
3: into <laughs> See what arenas? happened to Charles. See what yeah. happened to Charles Peterson? He's wearing a mannequin hand. It's not his real hand cuz the alligator bit his damn hand off. Lesson Why less. would you have an emotional support
1: alligator? On Princess tonight. no. <laughs> for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPN U. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and
0: Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.